podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Phil and I'm on the staff team here. It's an absolute privilege to be sharing with you this morning. Hello to everyone watching online as well. Um, I'm a person that loves encouragement and I'm sure you are too. And uh, I want to start this morning by just sharing a few stories. As, as I was saying, it's being on the staff team is a privilege because you get to see this incredible array of things that are happening across the life of the church. And it's something I don't take for granted. And as, as I was preparing for this morning, this week, I was reminded of these stories and it, it almost hit me like it was over the top because I was like, wow, I feel like God must be wanting me to share these stories because they're so encouraging. So I'll try and keep them really, really short, but just a bunch of things that happened. And I think what the the overarching thing that I get from these stories is our unity, is the way that you and I are connected as the body of Christ, as the church together. That's what I get from these these stories. So let me quickly share. Um, We have a cafe and during the week, you may not get to see this, but being a staff member, I'm around here. There's one person that's been coming in the last couple of weeks or even months um, that has been finding peace by just talking with the staff, talking with the volunteers, the people that work at the cafe. They, they're in a difficult point in their life. Uh, things are up in the air and they are just finding that the, the conversation that they get as they come into this place means something important to them and, and, it, and it's got them thinking about the things of God. And I think that's really, really encouraging. Straight up, it just shows the unity of the team that are working here, the staff, the, the, the volunteers at the cafe. Great little story. Another one. Um, some of you may know that we teach English here on a Friday. Um, there is a lot of people that turn up to learn English. Um, and we've got an amazing team, so humble, it's ridiculous. They are just beautiful people and they, they seek to reach out to the community. And we're going to show you a story next week of a gentleman by the name of Tony who's given his life to the Lord through the work that the team have been doing, teaching English and teaching, teaching about Jesus through a Bible study. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, amazing. There's more. Um, last week at the uh, evening service, we had baptisms. We had a lot of families here. And I saw a couple of kids from different families run and embrace each other just because they were so happy to see each other. And I thought, there's unity right there. There it is. It's happening. It's so encouraging when you see it. And that comes through kids' church. It comes through family camps. It comes from meeting here week in, week out. That's unity, isn't it? It's awesome. I've got other stories. I can't, I'm busting. I love it. It's so good. Some of our young adults are involved in the soccer club and they get together on a Saturday or a Sunday morning, I'm not exactly sure, and they play. And a few of the young adults are getting around others that are struggling in life or want to, want to learn about faith. And I think that's, that's another great story of the things that we do as a community to encourage each other and build each other up. It's unity. It's fantastic. There's lots of other examples as well. I mean, I don't know what you felt like last week when you saw the baptisms happening, but the unity that we have with our Chinese and Persian congregations is fantastic. Just really, really encouraging. 
Today, as Katrina said, we're talking about, we're changing the tack a little and we're going to talk about behaviours and we're going to talk about the behaviours within the church and the things that we need to put off and the things that we need to put on. And I just want to start with a disclaimer that if you're looking in today and you haven't got a relationship with God yet or you feel like you don't know Him very well, that you are not required to... uh, Get cleaned up before you jump in to life with God. One of the girls who was sharing their baptism testimony last week said that in their story, and it always hits me. It's such a great analogy, isn't it? We don't need to get cleaned up to take a shower. We just get in the shower. And that's the way that it is when we start a relationship with God. He's not expecting us to meet some sort of behavioural list so that we can start a friendship with Him. We just jump in. And I can tell you as one of the chief sinners experts in sinning, that that's exactly the way it works with me or works and can work with anyone else. That God's not expecting us to, to, to form our behaviours in a certain way before we begin a, begin a relationship with Him. He says, just come to me. Come to me. Join in. Learn my ways. Come and, and in time, we'll work on those things. You know, I think about the list of things that the Lord must have had that He said, I'm going to improve that guy. I'm going to fix him up. You know, but that doesn't happen immediately and he's not expecting us to do that. But what today, what we're talking about is us as the church. Those of you who have received Jesus into your heart, who are on a journey with God, what affects our unity is our behaviour. What affects our unity is our behaviour. Did you know that our church, our, our team pray for you when you're out there doing your life during the week? I pray for you. I think about you. I'm hoping for the best for you. I'm hoping that you will be living out your faith in the 24-7 way. It's not just for here. We feel amazing unity when we sing together. But I am hoping that you feel the unity out there as well, doing your daily life, sharing your life with others. And our our behaviours affect that. So we're going to address some of these things. You might need to put your seatbelt on because we're going, to, we're going to go to some of the tough places. We're going to look at some of the tough things. But I want you to remember through all of this, one thing as well, that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He has said that as a, as a blessing and as a covering for you and I, there's nothing that can separate us from relationship with Him. So I want you to to, me, to think about that through this whole message today as I, as I probe us a little bit about our behaviour, that you're over here, over this side of the, the stage, if you like, you're secure in your relationship with God. You are. There's nothing that can separate you from His love if you've accepted Him into your life. There's nothing. So know that as I push in a little today, you're safe over here, okay? The problem is our hearts. The problem's our human hearts. If you want to know what God thinks of our hearts, I'm going to take you a little bit back to Jeremiah chapter 17. And the prophet Jeremiah is sharing what God wants to say to his people um, through Jeremiah to the tribe of Judah, God's people at the time. He said in in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick Who can understand it? I don't know if you can relate to that. The heart is desperately sick and who can understand it? Deceitful above all things. 
Now you might be saying, well, that's the Old Testament, Phil. That's years and years ago. We're not like that anymore. We've changed. We've grown up. We're modern society. Well, let me fast forward to Jesus' time. John chapter 2, Jesus has just converted water into wine. He's done an incredible miracle. And people begin to put their trust in Him. They begin to see that this guy is extraordinary. He does things well beyond our comprehension. And in John chapter 2, Jesus says, but he, He didn't trust them. They put their trust in Him, but Jesus didn't trust them. Are you feeling a little bit probed already? Are you feeling like maybe this could be me? Jesus, Jesus doesn't trust them. Mark chapter 7, Jesus teaches, it's what comes from inside that defiles you. From within, out of a person's heart, comes evil thoughts. They are what defile you. And you might say, well, that's what I was like before I became a Christian. But after that, after I became a believer, I don't do that stuff anymore. That's a good point. You may have changed. You may, you may be trying to push back against that. What about, what about Peter? Peter was a Christian. He, well, he was a follower of Jesus as close as you could get to Jesus. He came right up beside him. He saw all the miracles happen. He journeyed with him. He was all in. He was 11 out of 10. He was, he was 20 out of 10. He was like, I am down with you, Jesus. I am following you with everything. He said, don't just wash my feet, wash my whole body. And Jesus is like, no, no, I just, I just need to wash your feet. I just need to improve you a little bit. And then what happens? Jesus is betrayed the next day. What does Peter do? We say he denied Jesus, but he flat out lied. He flat out said, I had no idea who that guy was. That's pretty challenging, isn't it? That the followers of Jesus, even as close as we say we are to him, the next day we could lie and completely deny him. Are you feeling secure still? Are you okay? I'm pushing your buttons, but God still is connected deeply to you in relationship. There's no need to be worried. There's nothing we need to be afraid of here. I particularly like the writings of a fellow by the name of Neil T. Anderson. He's an American. He's written over 100 books. And he is a phenomenal teacher about some of the inner workings of the heart and how we need to go after things. Lying is, is, is kind of strange in the sense that blatant lies are, are very clear to us, aren't they? You know, we know when we're lying. We know when we're getting outside the realms of the truth. But what about the subtleties of lying? What about the, the way we twist the truth? When I think about myself, I think about that every day. Am I telling the, the whole truth? Have you ever tried to teach someone how to do something really, really difficult? Maybe teach a young adult how to drive? They say, I can't do this. It's too hard. That's not true. That's not entirely true, is it? That's a twisting of the truth. What about our day-to-day? When you think about, when you assess yourself, when you think about the things that you do, blatant lies are easy to pick, but subtle lies are difficult. My journey's been one of, of gradually trying to understand this about myself. 
not the not just the obvious, but the subtle things that the enemy tries to sell us. I don't know if you've had any kind of success in life, but usually, as you do, my experience is that the enemy is right there alongside you, trying to tell you how good you are in the process. It, if it was obvious, we'd call it out, wouldn't we? If we could tell straight away that it was particularly obvious, we we we'd be able to switch it off. We'd, we would know, but it comes in subtly, doesn't it? We've been talking about this in the Alpha course in the last couple of weeks. What does the voice of God sound like? What does my voice sound like? And what does the voice of the enemy sound like? They all kind of get muddled up. We can't really tell. We have to listen for the tone of what's going on in our minds. We need to listen to what it is that we are hearing and try and weed it out. But sometimes it's as simple as things like the enemy works in the ways of like, you're good. And that kind of is attractive to us, isn't it? How can I possibly be on the wrong track when I'm hearing a voice say, you're good? Or you deserve this. This is where lies creep in. This is the challenge for us, isn't it? Is that blatant things are easy to cut off, but subtle things are, are more difficult. That's why I love, as I said, the, the writings of Neil T. Anderson. He challenges, he challenges me as I read his, his words. He, he brings up topics like the way that the enemy might say to, things to you, like uh, believing that acquiring money or more things will give you lasting happiness. Believing that consuming food or alcohol excessively will make you happy. Believing that I need more than what God has given me in Christ. I hope I'm not pushing your buttons too much this morning, but I think it's important for us to go to these places. Remembering at, every, at all times that there is no condemnation in Jesus. There's always forgiveness. I'm going to read today's reading. It's Ephesians 4, 17 to 25. And we're reading from the NLT version. Ephesians 4, chapters, uh, verses 17 to 25. With the Lord's authority, I say this, says Paul, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They, far, they wander far from the life God gives them, gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Let's, let us tell our neighbours the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. Now, there's three things I want us to notice from this today. Number one, that this is directed to us. This is not about Gentiles. This is not about the people outside the walls of the church. This is clearly pointed at us. And it's easy, isn't it, to focus on, oh, what the people out there are doing, what the people who aren't followers of Jesus are doing. That's not what this is about, is about at all. It's about us. 
It's about us looking in the mirror. Second thing is that Paul knew that we would still be struggling with our old habits. He knew that we would be struggling with our old habits even at this point. And it's a process. We are all works in progress. And the third thing that he wants us to throw off the old stuff and put on the new. And there's, a, there's some absolute gold in this. How are we going to do this? How are we going to throw off the old stuff and put on the new stuff? How are we going to tell the truth instead of lies? That verse says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. My journey with this has also led me to a verse in James chapter 4, which says, resist the enemy and he will flee from you. The good thing to know is that regardless of how much we struggle with behaviour, regardless of how much we are really dealing with the difficult stuff, that God has given us the absolute gold to be able to deal with it. He's given us everything we need through his Holy Spirit. He's given us everything we need. Resist. Now, sometimes we've got to resist with our own knowledge, our own wisdom, the brain that he's given us to teach us to weed out these things from our life. But we're not doing it on our own. We're doing it with God's help. I'll I'll read to you James chapter 4. It's a beautiful part. It's a beautiful, beautiful part of God's Word that allows us to weed out the things in our heart that we need to. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Sorry, I haven't found it for you. Stand by. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. When I found that verse the first time by looking, I thought this is worth a million (laughs) dollars. This is absolute gold. For you and I, we have all the power of God beside us to help us, regardless of how dark our minds may be, regardless of what behaviours we struggle with. And all of this is not just for you. All of this is so we can be a part of his body that is the unity. So your behaviour and dealing with this actually affects us all. It affects us all. And that's why I want the best for you. That's why God wants the best for you, not just for your own self, but for building up his body, yeah? So that we can see more of that unity, more of the beautiful things that he wants to do in and through us. That's my encouragement and challenge to you today. I hope you hung in there with me for the bumpy ride. It's definitely challenging stuff to talk about. But I feel like the Lord really wants us to go to these places. And it's for freedom. It's for our own freedom that we would be, that we would deal with these things. It's for our own joy in our life, for all the peace that we that we long to experience, that God would come after us and pursue us, and that He would want us to improve. It's not because He's saying I need you to tick these boxes. 
it's not because you have to do this. It's because he loves us. It's because I love us. I love our church. I love what he wants us to be. But he needs us to be working on ourselves for the freedom that we're going to experience and more of the unity, more of the great things that are so encouraging for us all. Psalm 139, David wrote a really, really amazing prayer a very long time ago. It says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting for the sake of God's work through us all. Let's pray together. So let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no at the devil and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet yes to Jesus and he'll be there in no time. Quick dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit rock bottom and cry your eyes out. Get serious. Get down on your knees before the Master. Heavenly Father, as we stop before you this morning, we thank you. We thank you for the freedom that we get to experience with relationship with Jesus. We thank you for the way that you love us so much that you don't want us to be bound up with lies. You want us to move to truth. You want us to move to the freedom that is in Jesus, to throw off our sinful past, to throw off the old ways, to be renewed. So as we sit in this moment, we invite your Spirit to examine us. We invite your Spirit to set us free. We invite You, Jesus, to refine us so that we can be more unified, even more unified. We praise You for the good things You're doing amongst us. That's only Your work, God. And we praise You for the the unity that we sense as we sing together and as we meet together. We thank You that there's no condemnation in You. Refine us, God. Take us to the next level with You. Take us to the new place You want us to be. We know You don't do it because You require it of us, but You do it. You probe us because You love us. And You want the absolute best for us individually and as a church. So we receive Your Spirit afresh into our hearts today. Help us as we journey. Help us as we deal with the challenges in our lives, the things that we're tempted to do. But help us to run towards your arms, your love, 
that will indeed set us more and more free each day. We ask in the name of Jesus.